style a podcast what's happening opening with some music i dragged all my stuff over here in front of the camera to start shooting and the last thing that was in the looper was this uh i put that in as like a jose gonzalez thing let me get some some right levels here with the voice oh there you go voice coming back into focus there we go um so apparently that was whatever i was working on with the looper uh, with this particular setup and uh, needed to definitely needed to capture a little bit of that for you guys because that's kind of what happens I throw the looper I, I, I hit the looper and see hey what was I working on just in case I can't remember and um, quite often something comes back at me that sort of reminds me like oh yeah right I was sort of inspired in that moment and maybe that wasn't what I was intending to practice today but maybe that helps me figure out where I left off and sort of my intent a couple of days ago because I uh, had a bit of a day off. I, I I practiced yesterday, but I wasn't really using the looper or doing any kind of writing or melodic playing. It was just a sort of fundamentals uh, session. Um, kiddo slept for about an hour and 20 minutes, and I managed to squeeze about an hour of that into practice. So that was spent more like... <laughs> kind of in that lane um so it's been a couple of days since i heard this and uh i was we have a tune with bob reynolds called hush and it kind of the tag circles around these three chords e flat minor seven or just e flat minor actually to g minor to to c and quite often when we start out oh, that tune, me and Bob play up front. And I kind of improvise. I kind of improvise a chord sequence and we play. And then we'll cue. We'll cue the tag and go into the tune. good exercise playing without <clears throat> playing without a loop and uh, outlining the changes anyway uh i had been we, we had a gig a few days ago baked potato really cool gig um something we don't do very often which is playing with a guitar player uh, instead of keys uh, Russell was out of town uh, gene was out of town so we had christian human from jacob collier's band and we had uh cat i had never met or played with before a young guy 
um, called Andrew Renfro, really burning guitar player here in LA. And uh, guys kind of came in and played the crap out of the music. So that was refreshing and always nice to do something different, if only for, if only for a minute. And uh, I was just had the tunes i like to reboot the tunes uh before a gig even if it's a gig i've played literally at this point hundreds and hundreds of times um i like to reboot them and i just had hush as a tune in my head thinking oh we're gonna play this let me mess around with those changes and into my um into my brain came that jose gonzalez oops and it kind of makes a, a nice loop for practicing it's a, it's a really nice melody as well like the original melody that'll probably get me um <laughs> copyright struck or demonetized or something but if you don't know it, go check that out. I think it's his most played. Is it Heartbeats? Is that the name of the tune? It's been used in the dozens of movies as a soundtrack. It's definitely one of those tunes that can become um, iconic for a motion picture right away. It fits a lot of moods. Um, and I think that's been in a ton of movies before. Um, so go check that out. I think it's his most played tune on Spotify. And it makes for a really nice loop. Um, took me a minute to get that. It's actually harder than it sounds to get that um, coordination going with the right hand, uh, that, like to play the exact guitar picking part. It took me a minute. That was like, I think that was the biggest challenge of that. And I think that's why I ended up putting it in the looper. Um, it wasn't so much that I wanted to play over E flat and C minor and A flat, uh, even though that is kind of close to the hush chords of Bob's tune. And kind of, I played a little bit of that in our intro just to check it out to see if that might work. Um, but it was the, the, the challenge of getting that right hand articulation right it was kind of a pain in the ass. It took way longer than I thought it should or I thought it would. And it was kind of humbling to be like, oh, yeah, shit, there are still millions of things I cannot do. Uh, sadly, things, millions of things I'll never be able to do. Um, so very humbling in that moment, you know, three chords, to, four three chords to be able to th kick you in the ass when you least expect it, especially on something you've been, I, I've been listening to that for as long as it came out. When did that come out? Probably close to 20 years ago now. I don't know. Um, but very nice to know that you can still find huge challenges in the in the very kind of simple sounding three chord stuff um so we start with music today and quick uh, i guess quick announcement amazing with the bass sales that was insane they flew out of here i i couldn't have imagined them to go so quick within three days like almost everything i had up for sale was gone I think as of today, there's one thing left and I already have multiple inquiries about it. It was insane. I was getting inquiries and people were asking questions about shipping and then I'd go back to the website and boom, the base had been sold by some, to someone in LA, local pick. It was crazy. It was really crazy. I couldn't answer emails fast enough to, to you know, estimate shipping overseas and, and it was just, they were just being sold. So I'm really happy that they're going to homes. 
um, where people are going to actually play them <laughs> and uh, get some value and get some use out of them. And the, the, the decluttering when I walk into my studio is phenomenal. I'm not going to open the wide shot up. It's actually still a bit of a mess because I'm going through a transition in here, but I'll do some bigger shots on the main channel, I'm sure, and you will see a vast difference in the in the clutter. And that's just helped me. Um, I posted something on the Substack uh, yesterday or the day before, one, a new demo from the new album. We're getting so close, by the way. We're inside two months. We go to Argentina to make this record. So that has really helped. Like the decluttering has really helped ramp up the sort of production and composition process and has afforded me these few days before I leave on tour with Steve Smith. It's afforded me the ability to, um, to really kind of lean into everything. And it's also, it's kind of crazy because it's not just the composition um, and the production. It's all the logistics um, as well. Uh, Okay, so let's see here. What I wanted to do, what I'd said I would to myself that I would do is read off tour dates because I actually have tour dates to read and the podcast is kind of the ideal place to do that. I'm going to my own tour schedule pages. I can't remember them all. Um, but yeah, we start, what is today is already the 12th. So we start in five days. So the, this is going out the 12th of June. We start June 17th. Hicksville, New York. Uh, this is all with Vital Information, by the way. Steve Smith, Vital Information, with Manuel Valera on piano. Uh, June 18th, Newton, New Jersey, at the Newton Theater. June 19th, Sellersville, New Jersey, at the Sellersville Theater. Uh, June 20th, Washington, D.C., classic venue, Blues Alley. I think that's two shows. Uh, June 21st, Cumberland, Maryland, at Loft 129. June 23rd, Rochester, New York, at the Rochester Jazz Festival. That's going to be a huge one. Tons of people. Pat Metheny, I think Herbie Hancock. It's going to be that's, that's going to be a blast. As well, the next night we're doing back to back festivals. June twenty fourth, Cleveland, Ohio, Tri C Jazz Fest at the Allen Theater. Um, we're in the Temple Theater, by the way, at Rochester. We're playing some nice venues on this tour. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, June twenty fifth, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Manchester Craftsman's Guild. I got an itinerary, tour schedule itinerary through, and there was already guest list going on, and it looked like my buddy John Shannon, who owns Con Alma, I think he owns two clubs in Pittsburgh, was going to be on the guest list, so I was excited to see that. I'm going to see my buddy again. So that's Manchester Craftsman Guild, uh, Pittsburgh, PA. June 27th, Littitz, PA, Mickey's Black Box. Never been there, never played there. Always good to see a new spot on a tour schedule. June 28th, Marlborough, New York, at the Falcon, another classic jazz venue upstate new york uh june 30th we start a run of three nights two shows a night new york city manhattan at birdland at the birdland theater uh june 30th july 1st and july 2nd um two shows a night uh, i think they are seven and nine thirty and that will wrap up the tour uh for argentina Guliano, how are you doing, guys? Are you ready? We're going to play a show in Argentina, August 5th. Um, I don't have the final venue details yet, but Buenos Aires, August 5th, because we record 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Um, yeah, that's that's where we're coming. Cliff Armand on drums, Tom Corley on keyboards. It's going to be a double bill with my buddy Ramiro, who we went to Berkeley with and haven't seen each other since. So that is going to be super fun to reconnect. Oh, excuse me. And... Um, so that's it. Tour dates out of the way. New album. Pre-sale is going on. Of course, you can check that out. Links below the video if you're watching on YouTube. Links in the show notes if you're listening elsewhere. 
um, pre-sale is we are ramping up. Like I said, it's only about six weeks or something before we go down. So it's definitely in the excitement zone now. And, and the whole reason I want to be playing and well, the whole reason I opened up the podcast with, with music is because I, aside from the... Uh, aside from the Steve Smith tour, um, like my longer term, when I look uh, further ahead of that, um, is all about being prepared for the album. And the, the, actually, the tour is going to sort of help set me up really well. Um, obviously, I'm going to come home beginning of July and have a few weeks before I leave for Argentina. So I'll be able to really practice the material and, and work on, you know, work on refining the tunes as much as I can. Um, and I will be in practice mode, but the tour is going to help set me up technically speaking and sort of fluidity and stamina and all those things that are important, especially when I'm recording my own music. It's going to help set me up for August really well. Uh, but all eyes are on that. It's sort of, um, I feel like I'm a golfer or a, or a tennis player preparing for one of the majors of the year. You know, you have all your tournaments and this and that, and you do nice things, but really like the, the four things in the year for the, you know, the golf tour, or the tennis tour, or the grand slams, the four big, the four majors. And, um, kind of French Open just finished yesterday it kind of had me thinking about that and how players really want to peak for those four kind of um, really real highlights of the year in terms of the competition they seem to mean the most and I, it, not that music is competitive at all but in terms of the preparation I see a lot of similarities in that in terms of going to the studio you know sometimes you, you don't know that much ahead of time when you're going to get called for a record date so you can't prepare in that way but generally when it's your thing when it's my thing um I have the luxury of being able to know exactly when it's going to happen. Um, I set the schedule. I set the parameters. So I do it as much in my favor as possible and try and set myself up for success as much as I can. And that's the mentality now is really... Making sure all my fundamentals are so dialed in. So they're just that that's just the confidence booster of all confidence boosters. When you don't have to think about the basics. And when you're practicing so consistently and perhaps more than an hour or two a day, I'm really trying to do between three and five hours a day if I can. I can get through my whole sort of maintenance routine and get past the fundamentals and get really deep into the music I'm working on. So not only am I building that confidence level on the foundation, but I'm building that confidence level on the upper floors of the building, so to speak, as well. So that is very freeing, especially as I'm producing the album. You know, I don't have a, um, I mean, of course I have Juan Pablo, of course I have the other guys in the band. I'm open-minded to take suggestion from everyone, but the overall picture um, right now of the sessions is really in, in my head. It's not in anyone else's head. So I have a lot going on and the more I can really retain the bigger picture of the album the more chance it has of being sort of cohesive and making sense and and being this beautiful thing rather than sounding kind of rushed and unprepared so that is definitely uh at the forefront of my of my intent right now and it's it's getting used to this new getting used to this old instrument again in case you didn't know, I'm playing the Matteson again uh, as my main bass for my music anyway, uh, at least for this project. I just picked it off the rack a few weeks ago and I was like, oh yeah, okay. There's something about that. 
Oh, it's almost fretless. You can. so much range in it it's very organic so i'm getting used to the instrument again the intonation's kind of fucked in the upper register it, it needs work i don't know if i'm going to be able to i really want to i want to spend some time in july sit down with luthia and get it set up properly top string kind of falls off the i get that sometimes it could be my could be my technique a little bit i have to adjust to it but also it's the spacing of the of the strings on the on the fingerboard i definitely need to adjust i think that needs to be adjusted in the bridge uh, in the saddles maybe i don't know there's a there's a lot needs to be done to it it's still only a prototype after all these years but it kind of is winning right now so This episode of the podcast, strap in, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be music. It's going to be musically based because I I need to work. And this week, because I'm leaving uh, Friday morning for this tour, is just being it's just sort of evaporating. Um, and I need to make the most of it. So multitasking here, podcasting and practicing, and hopefully I uncover uh, uncover a few things that. Uh, will bring up good talking points I like that right there did you hear that you heard some some bad right hand muting that's better no fret raps here motherfuckers you have one on your right hand it's called your thumb <laughs> Also, it's not a bad. I, I, I quite like just finding melody, even if it's something like the. Whoops. The loop we opened up with. I'll just go and go and go. Like I could, I could spend an hour on that, just looking for melodies. I could probably spend five or ten minutes just playing part of the actual original melody, just to get centered. Mm-hmm. 
doing there forcing the issue but playing altered to get to each chord whether it's the major the minor or the the subdominant the four chord also major um, and to get to the to the one chord I was just putting a imaginary five in there because there are no five chords in this um, and to get to the the six chord six minor playing the same shape um, um, all altered uh, except it's kind of just straight classical minor and then to get to the four subdominant same kind of same kind of shape same kind of idea altered basically making um, this this chord this imaginary five going to the one just superimposing that and of course <coughs> it was done very much as an exercise just to see if I could it sort of popped into my head on the one chord and I was like oh let me see if I can do this on every chord as we're in practice mode here that isn't a thought I would have on stage it would be like free-flowing on stage fully free-flowing and not thinking about anything but as i'm practicing here this is what i'm talking this is what i mean when when i talk about fundamentals it's can i do that completely effortlessly on every chord in every key in every position on every string set you know the (laughs) the list of requirements is pretty endless um even with just the the basics and the foundation of the of the harmony and of the instrument and you know and can i take a shape <clears throat> shape and do it diatonically on each chord so so five one two three and then five one two three on every every quality of chord again taking a very similar um, shape similar set of notes 
but being able to move them diatonically to each position and then develop them and resolve them and kind of move through the changes. <coughs> As you can see, I'm sick again. Motherfucker. Um, not horrifically this time, but definitely helps to play more and talk less. Um, yeah, but as you can see, I'm not really stepping outside and playing crazy, deep, harmonic uh, concepts here at all. Um, it's really just the ability to move the simple things between chord changes. And it's the control of those things that makes it sound <coughs> it makes it sound kind of cohesive and, and gives me the ability, the storytelling ability at least anyway. Thank <laughs> you. 
things I've been practicing coming into focus and trying to force them over to changes just to see what the result is it's always good to find out at least for me it's always good to find out if something works and how it works and kind of to just repeat that as much as possible this um five it's going to one working on that in all keys ah missed the top note but yeah good to hear things creeping uh from the repetitiveness of the of the practice routine good to hear things creeping into the midst of the musical part of the routine and don't get me wrong i, I talk about the foundation and just doing maintenance and uh, you know sometimes i say not particularly musical uh, I, i'm music is always the focus and being musical uh, musical or whatever however you want to say it is always the focus i want to get to music as quickly as possible it's just when real life kicks in and you have schedules and deadlines and you have things that you really have to work on and you know a part of this whole thing is knowing myself um and knowing what my limitations are and what i have to work on the most in order to be in the best condition for the studio and so that really sort of dictates how much of that foundation and fundamental work i have to do on the on the real basics so and even then you know when i'm when i'm working on um uh, even if it's something just a chromatic approach thing almost like a bebop exercise actually i'm not loving loving the sound here what's going on what do i have set up actually use an eq for the first time because <laughs> in a long time because the pots the pots are not trimmed well at all in the electronics on this it, like i said a lot of issues that's too much travel take the revo that's a little better to work on this intonation see even when i'm working on the exercise like the exercise is down here right basically this is the meat and potatoes of it still trying to do some stuff after it that is musical so even when it's like kind of specifically a foundation session there's still a ton of exploration going on as well um i, I know that i need discipline in certain places and i need to take risks in others and the discipline is just in getting through spending the right time with the instrument with the right intent and the risks are not being afraid to go for anything at any time so there's a, obviously a balance to be struck there if you want to be productive in both areas 
Oh, the old, the old throat's giving out again. So. tried to play those three notes just now and it went they were they, they were kind of just bad um so it's identifying moments in lines as well like it's not you know it doesn't have to be just running up and down scales and stuff it's when i go and take those risks risks and find things that i'm not technically capable of that's what, i mean that's when you get the real answers as well that's when you get the honest truth <laughs> about the hard truth about your about your playing and really where your ability is and what you need to work on um, and then you just have to be willing to accept it you know and and just be okay how badly do you want like how badly do i want this album to sound good of course i want it as bad as you possibly can i want the album to sound great <clears throat> i want to feel like i left it all there on record and what didn't fall short of uh, of any of the things i wanted to accomplish so so here i am gotta do the work <laughs> Ah, see? See, I came up with that that part. Um, that part sucked the first time I tried it, so then I've got to go. I'm gonna go inside, like inside the technique, and make sure my articulation is right and that my hands are synced up. Ah. So, is that me or is that the bass? It's a combination of both, of course. Um, That's an old Mike Brecker line. Over, uh, um, well, probably more like, uh, Mm-hmm. 
these in the wrong order i think uh yeah i thought i was capturing the poly sustain as well as uh as well as the looper but then okay that's a bummer huh i guess so i guess if i put um shit that ruined ruined the whole vibe I should really sort my presets out here and uh <laughs> So one thing uh, I don't know if you noticed in there uh, let me I want to highlight that because that's really like a very nice important feature that I've, I forgot that I missed. <laughs> I forgot all about it. Um I, I hope you heard I was going for like a lot of different sounds. So I was playing a little bit on the one fingernail I have for false harmonics. I was playing a little bit more and alternating between the first and third finger. So you get really two different Shit, and it's 
just out of view, and this is a bad camera angle. Sorry, guys. I should have set this up better for the right hand as well, but it's basically 1313 sometimes on the right hand, and that's on the back pickup. And I was changing to the front pickup. Which is... So basically, this is the sound between the two. Here's the back. And there's the front. Back. Front. Ah. And i got to get used to this again. But basically, I have two... Um, Two knobs. One one is just volume, volume. So volume for the front, volume for the back. And it was really nice when I have the back volume all the way up to be able to roll the front volume <coughs> all the way up and the back volume all the way back to switch between the two. And I just come up with a really natural feeling, a, a natural movement with the right hand to do that in the middle of playing. I kind of, I have kind of missed that. So got to get used to that again and it's a, a nice way to change the sound really in the middle of, of anything and very quickly and very smoothly um, to and from so you can be comping more like a, a P bass sound one minute and then be flying up around the neck with a little bit more of a back uh, jazz bass sound or a little bit more projection and just like that I think I have reached my limit of being able to speak for today really happy to be able to get an episode out even feeling a bit under the weather um hope you enjoyed please leave comments and questions it would be great to do some q and a's next couple of weeks i'm going to be on the road not sure what i'm going to do with the podcast i will be putting out episodes just not sure what format they're going to be in because i don't want to drag all my gear with me around the country um it's just a little too much so that's it uh june 12th are we now yeah 2023 it's in the bag and tour starts in five days with steve smith and vital information out in long island new york and wraps up back in manhattan at the end of june beginning of july at birdland theater all dates are at yannickwasdala.com pre-sale for the new album is happening links are below uh please check it out and i'll see you guys on the next one (laughs) 